Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Yes, the greatest adventure ever on planet Earth is God's local church. I want to give it up for our dream team. We got the best dream team I have ever seen, ever, ever, ever. They're always creating a great experience from the time you pull in to all the way when you get in your seats, kids being loved on in the classrooms and beyond. In fact, we need a couple dream team members to now assume their positions, one of which is Caitlin is going to be replacing Marisha, Marissa behind the computer, and then Ryan will be transitioning for my wife. Yes. Yeah, Ryan. Thank you to the dream team. I'm so thankful for the people that labor. A few weeks ago, my son joined kind of the junior dream team, and it, we were backstage, and he said, Dad, I'm so excited. I said, what? what do you mean? Today, I served one, and I attended one. Wow. It's very healthy, son, because it's not healthy if we just consume and we don't also serve. Now, I recognize we're serving throughout the week, but there's something beautiful when we carve out a time to remember that Jesus is alive. And we want more people to know that, that God's dream is that he would have a team, his family, that people could know they belong always, forever, and that's what he's doing. So I want you to know loud and clear is that we want you to be included. There's a huge ask for you to be a part of this family. Hopefully it's compelling and inspiring and at the same time convincing. Now, if it is not, then by all means, continue to do whatever you have been doing. But I believe as you're connected, though, with God and people, you belong because you're known. And then, two, you help others belong as we serve people. This isn't some chore. This is a godly opportunity to make a difference in somebody's life for eternity. This is a long game. It is a beautiful thing. Now, when I think of MIA uh, missing an action, I also think of McDonald's ice cream after 10 p.m. <laughs> Anybody? No, never? When I go through the drive-thru, it is notorious. They're all breaking. I don't know what it is. Oh, no, they're down tonight, sir. No, it's not. No, you don't want to serve it. Just somebody tell me, because as they're representing this moment, this can't be the owner. Because when you represent, okay, here's what you do. You take place of whatever you're representing. So the ice cream in that moment now might give me a bad taste in my mouth. Now, shout out to McDonald's. They've been holding it down. People be hating on McDonald's. I love McDonald's, okay? I'm not saying it's going to be the most well-balanced, nutritious plan, but who goes there with that in mind in the first place? It's convenience, right? It's convenience, and it's good. There's no better fries than McDonald's fries. And if you ain't on cord with that, then probably this isn't the team for you. No, I'm kidding. Sorry. It's true. Um, I'm a one salt. Okay, here, confession. This is better. I, we have... I've been eating better. Nutrition's important. And then we're coming into January. We're going to be doing prayer and fasting. It's going to be great. And when you fast, you recognize if there's sodium and food and sugar. But, but I'm not in that current state right now. And so what I do is I'm a one pack of salt per half of fries. So one pack on the top, one pack on the bottom. Random, useless information. We want you to come out of hiding today. It's okay. It's okay. You can say yes. It's safe. God 
does not want us to be missing. He wants us to be in action. The greatest soldiers that will ever exist on this planet, one's in love. That's us. It really is. We're a representation of who Jesus is. Now, we have the greatest representation ever. It is the chief high priest. It's Jesus. Now, Jesus is the middleman. He's kind of the mediator between us and God. Not kind of. He is. He he is how we get there. And we're going to go to a text in Hebrews chapter 4. And we're looking at verses 14 through 16. In verse 14, it says this. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we might may receive grace and find grace to help in time of need. Can we pray? Jesus, I pray today that you'll stir up your people, that we will look to you, the great high priest, that we enter in with confidence right now. We get close to God. God, there's people in this place that don't know you, and I pray today is their day, that you've marked and you've assigned today, that today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow, right now. We're not putting this off. This is serious business. And we're compelled, not out of pressure, but out of love. In the power of you, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now, what is the high priest? Now, the high priest, you have to go back to the Old Testament. What a high priest is, is a representation to God on behalf of the people that has this position of authority that gives offer that, that offers sins on behalf of or I mean sacrifices on behalf of all of the sins of the people. They have to be whole physically. This comes from a bloodline from Aaron. The high priest is is uh, has other subordinate ministers underneath them. The Hebrew high priest uh, is one of the people that speaks on behalf to know the will of God. And so there is an intense gap that sin has created that the high priest now is a representation on behalf of the people and then also on behalf of God. So they become the mediator, the middleman. And the most important duty for the high priest was conduct service on the day of atonement, that he was allowed to enter the most holy place behind the veil to stand before God, having made a sacrifice for himself and for the people, then brought the blood into the holiest place, the Holy of Holies, and then sprinkled it on the mercy seat, God's throne. First Timothy, we read this. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So picture this. You have a middleman. They used to have to come in and sacrifice for everything we did wrong. And it still wasn't good enough because they would die. They would get replaced. And then finally, when Jesus steps in the scene, he comes and he's the high priest that not just gave us victory, but he sympathizes with us in all of our weaknesses. What kind of God is this? In fact, so much so that we can look to him and say, when we're tempted, because I know this place was filled with temptations this week, 
Could you imagine if all the temptations we thought about this week were on the screen right now? Be like, no, God, turn it off, right? It would be the nuts. Somebody's scared right now because they think that's going to happen. But get this. Jesus was tempted yet didn't sin. And so when we enter in by Jesus, we get his victory, not ours. So he becomes this new high priest. That's why he's the great high priest. He's the great sacrifice. He's the great mediator. Because truly, we need a mediator. I want to check this video out. There was this very famous strike in 1936. It was called the sit-down strike. Check it out. These were days when history changed its course. The sit-down strikes began on December 30th. They began with the attempt of GM to move the dies at Fisher Number 1 to Grand Rapids and elsewhere. They have no idea what it was like to, to have to work along a line in, in the shop. Of course, the women weren't allowed to work any overtime, but the men, they could work overtime, but wouldn't get no extra pay for it. And I remember in 1936, uh, before the strike, it was very, very hot. And down in uh, the Chevrolet, there were people who were dropping over because of the heat. And the other workers were told, just step over them until we can get them out of the way. They didn't, turn, they didn't slow down the line. They didn't stop it. And they just dragged people away. It was terrible. And I think that's one thing that really helped bring on the strike. On January the 4th, the union submitted a complete list of grievances. We asked for a national General Motors agreement, for day rates and the abolition of the hated piecework system, for seniority, for recognition of the union, for control of speed up, for grievance procedures, for the reinstatement of all the men who had been fired for union activity and for a 30-hour week. GM said no to everything. We didn't know what was going to happen. We, and then, of course, when the National Guard was called out, we were scared to death that they were going to maybe shoot down the workers, the, the, the strikers. But it didn't. we had a good governor, and uh, he sent the National Guard in to protect them. We will work our way out of this strike peacefully and without injustice to anyone. And I am confident that after it's all over with, there will be a better understanding between employer and employee. Armchair generals and colonels were demanding that the National Guardsmen go into those plants and shoot the sit-downers out. But for once, the National Guard truly maintained law and order. The strikers were disciplined, but the Flint City government was the General Motors government after all, and General Motors insisted, so the police tried to evict the sit-downers. This is not vandalism you see there. They are breaking these windows to let the air in and to let the tear gas out. There was obviously a huge gap between employee and employer. And what you have is uh, there was not healthy proportion of profit between labor work and what happened then strike because we feel we're being treated unfair gap sin has then whoa 
There's a strike. There is an issue between us and God. And then you, every angle of the story is so fascinating. You know, the workers standing up and then uh, they, them getting the rights and approval. Probably the coolest part is the women that as the men are in the plant and National Guard gets sent in and then there's another National Guard to protect them. But the tear gas is thrown in and then the women are breaking the windows to, to like let the issues out. And you think about the, the power of that action, the power of that moment to, to help people. And then you stop and you pause and you think about us. To help people, how do we stand in the gap? Now, the union has done amazing things to give rights to employer employees, but over time, obviously, has abused that power at times, uh, where so much that we got to find out there was people not even working, people punching in and uh, then leaving and coming back and punching back, and uh, so we needed a third party mediator probably now today between the boss between the owners and the workers to hold everyone accountable but the power of the illustration of the representation of what was created in that moment is even greater to think of the gap that was closed because of Jesus for us like he gave us all rights all access that we're not timid anymore we can come out we have complete Rome uh, ability, reign to rule and dominate and take our seat in our position with God. The message puts it this way. Now that we know what we have, Jesus, the great high priest with ready access to God, let it not slip through our fingers. We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing, experienced it all all but the sin. So let us walk up to him and get what is he is ready to give. Take mercy. Accept the help. Think of that. Take mercy today. Actually, accept the help. Don't let it get so bad that we're beat down so far that it takes us to be saved What if we were proactive to always know that we can get really, really close to God, even when we're not good enough? I really think there's power as we're connected to God when we're weak. That means when we're struggling. Our temptation is a lot of times to think, well, I can only be present with him, represent in that moment when I'm good enough. Newsflash, folks. Even on our best day, we're not good enough. Period. Fair? That's what Jesus did. It is so powerful. Hebrews 10, 19 says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. I hope this is stirring you up, giving you almost a breath of freedom to sign up again, to dream again, to believe again. That there's a representation for you, that you're heard, you're seen. That when you're tempted, God knows. He provides a way out. What gets crazy, though, is in those moments, because we know it's, there's those two voices, two kingdoms, a lot of times we turn away from God and we run right towards our sin. When he's just crying, he's like, come here. He rolls out the red carpet. Come on, come on. You know, he's doing that. Because Jesus is always on the job for us. He never takes a day off. Now, he rests as the creator out of example and the pace of heaven. 
But you best believe this. He's praying right now for you. Interceding for you all the time. Hebrews 7 uh, verse 23 says, Earlier there were a lot of priests, for they died and they had to be replaced, but Jesus' priesthood is permanent. He's there from now until eternity to save everyone who comes to God through him. To just save some people or who? Everyone. To God through him. Always on the job to speak up for them. So now we have a high priest who perfectly fits our needs, completely holy, uncompromised by sin, with authority extending as high as God's presence in heaven itself. And I think, okay, if I'm sitting, I'm listening to this, here's what I would ask. All right, that's neat. But where is God? Because there's wars going on right now. There's people still abusing their power right now. So where is God? Well, we know one answer to that question for sure. It, it is not that he doesn't care. Because he sent his son to suffer. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 puts it this way. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. Anyone have siblings in the place and when your parents blame, uh, you know, put the, or they, your sibling blames you and then you both get in trouble for it. And if you didn't do it, you're super mad. Or if you got in trouble on the job and you didn't do it, you're super mad. I mean, really mad. It's crazy. But here's how God thinks. Now I'm going to send my son because that's the only sacrifice that will work. And he's perfect. He didn't do it for sure. And he's going to pray things like, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Because he has no sin, but he was made sin. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. This is, this, is, um, this is the good news, friends. This is the good news. That God is always on the job for us. He is Emmanuel, so close to us. I think Romans 8 puts it so beautifully. Where is God, right? Where is he through these tough times? Well, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Think of that. God's working on our behalf right now. Right now. That means the pressure's off you. The pressure's off me. I can't hear that enough. That means when anxiety creeps in, I remember, wait, God's at work. Silly me, silly rabbit. Tricks are for kids. Let that go. Somebody's going to get some tricks when they leave here. <laughs> Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long, for we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. That means even when we're weak, we're conquering on by the way we display God's glory in those moments. It's easy to have the mountaintop experiences, the victory, oh, the trophy. But that is really, truly only like a dot on the graph of our life. Those are just dots. You know, people say, I, um, I want to be like that person. They're so successful. Well, every overnight success is 10 years in the making. Fair? <laughs> Don't want somebody's glory unless you want their story. You know, we want their gain, but are we willing to endure their pain? So we got to stop and say, okay, all right, 
We're more than conquerors who you, me, everyone, through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, than angels or rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Yes, God. Yeah, he's really close. He's always on the job. So where's God? He's active all the time. One of the mysteries is, is how does he still allow evil to rule and reign? Well, we know it's short-lived. God's not thinking just one generation. He's thinking forever, okay? So he's not thinking about just my life. He's thinking about my kids, 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 until he comes back. He's, 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 in, the, he's in the end game. He's thinking much longer than us. And every generation, I think, takes the bait. I want it now. I want the power now. Be so great. You know, uh, we've been fortunate to not have war on our homeland in quite some time. I mean, 9-11 happened, right? People experience that all the time some places. So where's God? It, he, he must be thinking bigger because he sent his son to suffer. So he sent his son through war, so he must be thinking way bigger than us. And the good news is, as we read in the end, he's going to come back. He's going to rule and reign. And he will wipe away all tears, all sickness, all hurt, worry, shame. Behold, I am making all things new. So then the question is not where's God? He's active. He's going to rule and reign. And he's, he's doing his work. The question we got to say is, where am I? Why am I missing in action? Can he really work through those places of wounds? That maybe have become scars, but we need to maybe reopen them again so we can get real healing and be vulnerable. To come to the place where you can really trust people again. It's been said, how do you trust when trust has been broken? Maybe you've heard this phrase, they got to earn trust. I like how Craig Rochelle puts it. He says, the best way to find out if you can trust somebody is to trust somebody. That means initially you're saying, I trust you. I might not trust you with, you know, the key. I might not trust uh, everyone with the offering buckets again. No, I'm kidding. That's good. Right, Thrasher? What do you think? What's your name? What's your first name? Therese? Latrice? It's good to meet you. We've met before, but I like the shirt, so. It's neat. So where are we? Why are we missing in action? There's stakes that are worth high proportion where people will spend eternity with God or without him. So I think it's time for us to, to play together, to work together, to kind of re-up and say, okay, I'm sick of hiding. I'm saying yes. My yes might look differently than the next person, but only you know what you're supposed to do. And here's where the gap's created. We think when we say yes to a team, it's supposed to be God. God is God. The team will let you down. If your expectation for a team is that they will fulfill every one of your need, like, yo, no one is God. Don't do that to anybody. Quit doing that to your spouse. Sorry, you right? I do that stuff sometimes. Expect Crystal to be God and figure out everything. God's working through all things, all people. That means sometimes if part of the body hurts, there's a reason. Give it attention. Don't cut it off. You need it. Because the head's at work. The head's thinking how this all connects and then sometimes, here's what we do. This is what we do. It gets crazy. I have an expectation for God that I want him to be my follower. 
if our God always agrees with us, who is God in that moment? Our God needs to disagree with us sometimes because he's Lord. I mean, so you don't come to the table like, hey, I, I run this. No, no, no. God is God. That means when we read the text, when we go through the Bible and there's difficult passage, there is difficult passages. We're supposed to lean in and not, not put a permanent marker. We're supposed to put a highlighter and say, God, let your word transform me. It's, it's like a, it's a mirror. It shows us who we are. And then we say, oh, and then what's so beautiful? This is, this is, this is Christianity. Okay. You want to follow Jesus? Here's what it is. And anybody who's been following Jesus for a long time, it never ends. And you know this, it hurts so good. <laughs> like all the time. Oh, this is, man, God's working through me in something. It hurts so good. Do I, God, really? I thought we passed this. Nope. I'm trying to do more work in you than through you. That's what God is into. That's what he's into. So where are we? Hopefully not missing. Today, we hope that you'll say yes. Throughout this month, we want to create space for you to say yes. I have, we have some uh, brochures that we want to hand out to everybody. And we created this little brochure. I want to tell you a little bit about it. This brochure was created for you to see what does it mean to be a part of God's family? Not a building. Talking as people. To be committed somewhere. Not just have cousin relationship, but I'm talking brothers and sisters in the family of God and make city life your home. Now, if it's your first time here today, you might be thinking, okay, this is super weird. Do I got to commit? <laughs> no, no, no. You don't have to, but we'd love for you to because we're not going to be shy about that. We want this to be your home. We want you to play together. We want you to stay together. We want you to work together because the harvest is plentiful. It's here right now. We get to labor in what God is doing. In this, you'll see throughout this whole month, we're going to take all of November and just go through this booklet. So we'll explain. There'll be questions. And there's, you'll notice there's different ways to sign up, and then we can turn in all of this booklet throughout. And then you'll see there is ways that you can serve, whether it's two times a month, whether it's once a month, or if you're like, hey, I just periodically want to be in. But hear this, loud and clear. We don't serve because we have to. We don't. And you know that. This dream team serves because they get to. When we get the opportunity of going different places and people meet some of our volunteers, they're mesmerized. And I, and I, I always, th- we take that as a compliment that we do have, I think, the greatest team, right? <laughs> but, but I also, here's what I think. In those moments, I, I can't help but think, well, I hope we're not the team you're comparing us to because when I read the Bible, that's the team we want to be. We want to be like the high priest. We want to be, we want to share not only um, the gospel, but our lives. We want to consider others higher than ourselves. There's going to be moments when we're wronged and we want to say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. We want to stand up for someone that doesn't have a voice. When they feel misrepresented, we want to be their representation to to stand out and stand up. When people are feeling like they're discounted, forgotten about. So what in the world would you be saying yes to? Let me just tell you a little bit about City Life real quick. City Life is a good news church. So what that means is we operate and exist in the gospel always. So our answer to every question, if somebody says, well, do you have a class, this program? Yeah, maybe, but most of the time, it's, we just believe the good news is the answer. Now, think of a topic. What's a topic? Give me a topic. Come on, 10 a.m. was quicker at this. Give me a topic. What's the topic? Just shout it out. 
Music, uh, the good news is the answer to that, because here's why. we got to die to ourselves. we got to come alive, be born again in Jesus so that he gets the glory only, because if not, we'll be using music for the platform for our glory only. And it's meant to be an instrument that shows that, look, we're broken, he's perfect. What's another one? Politics, politics, perfect. If we start to think we're king, if we start to think we're ruling things, what's going to happen is then we are going to kind of domineer selfishly for selfish gain. But if we think that there's a king that is entrusted power to me, then I die to my own motives and I'm born again and I come brand new in him. That's the good news that I don't have to lead this movement. Jesus is leading it and I'm thinking about his people because I know I have to give answer. What's another one? Leadership. Yeah, which is similar to the politics side of it, but it's just like, yo, we're not in power. We're just representation of what God wants to do in extension. Hopefully in all humility, that here's what leaders do. Here's what good leaders do. They get out of the way, they point to Jesus, and they equip and they empower you to do the work of the ministry. And one I loved at the 10 a.m. was marriage, because really, we do need marriage classes. We need books, and anybody who's been in a relationship, you know you got to work on it. But what, what, what works the best is when we live the good news, like, oh, you're right. Oh, it's not about me. Yeah, let me die to self and come back new in Jesus and take on the mind of Christ. Oh, let me put to death all of these temptations and let me come brand new up in Jesus. That's the good news. And our strategy is to love the city one life at a time. And we have three ways that we do that. So we come together as a team to love the city one life at a time, but we also then empower you to go out and love the city one life at a time. They work in tandem. They're together. Two sides of the coin. First is our experience, which is that's what you're part of. Second is community. We don't want it to be an hour only on Sundays. We want you to really be connected. No matter if you're in DeWitt, Grand Ledge, Eaton Rapids, or you're in the heart of the city, uh, the community is what people are going to see our love for one another and be drawn to Jesus. And lastly, love the city. And you'll see some of our passions here because you wonder, well, how do I get a part of this team? I don't know if this is what I want to make home. Well, if you're not about these things, then for sure this probably isn't a good fit. But if you're about these things, then let's play together. One, we are always about Jesus. Two, we're always about the church. And that's not a building. Three, we're about God's word. I mean, we do not apologize. We love his word. Four, we're about discipleship. We want to see people grow. We're about the city, forward, future, everything. We're for everyone. This is really important. Yeah, we're conservative in belief, but we're very liberal in our love. Very, very liberal in our love. We will be associated with somebody that, that could be so far from Jesus, and we don't mind being associated because it's not the healthy who need the doctor. It is those that are sick. And I'm grateful that God found me when I was at my worst. And so we're for everybody because they're made in God's image. We're for the youth because that's where the future lives. Right there. Greatest return on investment. And then living is giving. Generosity is our privilege in Lansing and beyond. So we're for the world. But our greatest display of that is how we love our own city. And then out of that, loves the world. And then lastly, we're for the dreams that God put in your life and in your heart. And a lot of times, number 10 is number one, but it's not for us because our dreams are all second, secondary to what Jesus wants to do. That means if you got uh, dreams to create music or dreams to act or be in politics, whatever those things are, may you take the good news in those settings and be that. Like that is what is beautiful. I want to show you this next clip from the union. 
strike came to an end on February the 11th, 1937. It was a magnificent and historic victory. Well, it made a company give us a better feeling. <laughs> and for, for black people, uh, we got jobs that we didn't get before because most of the time we were just sweeping the floor. But after that, we all went on machines and everything. People need a union. That's the main thing, because you can't survive too long without a union and, and really live a decent life. Kids just don't have any idea what it was like. Well, it made a middle class. We could have decent food. We could live in a decent place. Uh, we could wear decent clothes. We could relax, which we just couldn't before. We were always on edge, it seemed, that uh, if you're Hungry sometimes, that's not good. And I remember being hungry sometimes. Widely separated workers, workers who didn't know each other, workers who didn't know each other's names, men who had been divided, weak and oppressed, came together in union and in solidarity. Just think of that last statement. People that didn't know each other, people that were depressed, discouraged, down and out, they came together in union and solidarity. When I think of what the movement of God is, here's what I think. I think it is really the greatest team that's ever existed. That's why we call it the dream team here. Because, look, if you get the, the 92 Olympic, or I think it was 92, or the 90s, what, you know, Magic, uh, Jordan, and all them, it was the dream team, they said. The greatest team ever assembled. It's like, no, no, the greatest team ever assembled is those that are loving people in the name of Jesus to see their souls set free. That as the union was established, what, what we have is a union with Jesus that is far, 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 far superior. So we want you to know this. You're wanted today. Like, we want, we want you. We do. In a beautiful way. Not in some crazy, like, we have, you have to do this role. No, no, no. Like, you're wanted. We want you to be a part of the team. But two, to know, I think God would say this, you're needed. Because he puts something in you that only when we come together, when we're unified and here, if we're not unified on a common goal and against a common enemy, of course we're going to be divided. If we're not four people, I saw a clip, and I won't say the person because somebody will Google it, but they, uh, because it has some profanity in it, and uh, it's, it's okay. Pray for me. No, but it was, it was um, the guy was saying, if, you're, if you aren't for, if, you're, if there's something, if you can't stand up for the rights of those, like refugees, and just, just forget where we're at for a second, just, but if you can't stand up for just the baby being taken away from their mom in that moment, like, we got to figure it out, I know, but if you can't stand up in that moment from the most deepest part of you and just say, no, like, this is wrong, I don't know, i got to stand up for people right here, right now, right? Um, I get there's rules and there's order and there's politics, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the church, what we're supposed to be is a voice to the voiceless all the time. So we have political persuasions. Tuesday, vote by all means. Vote your convictions. But I hopefully, the greatest vote that we'll ever say is found in what we do together. How we're unified in Jesus and how we're against Satan. Isn't that, isn't that it?
but we're for Jesus and we're against Satan? Then we can have conversations about the rest. And the guy went on to say, if you're not for people in that moment, then I, I think you're a jerk. <laughs> and I thought, wow, yeah, that's a good starting place. Now we can create some initiatives outside of that. Now we can create some action outside of that. We are the ones that create action. You know, the UAW stands for this. It stands for um, uh, workers into one organization regardless of race. And I thought, wow, that's the church. So here's how we're going to close today. Tina, if you would come up front. We're going to sing, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. The song is powerful to me because it's, uh, it's like a moment where you just, you say, God, I can't, but I will. And we're counting the cost. We're saying no to everything this month so we can say a big yes to God and people. Let's sing, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be we thank you that uh, in our weakness you're there that you're always present God there's hurts in this place that only you can soothe and I ask that you would do what only you can do right now in each one of our hearts that where there's wounds you would bring healing God where there's physical ailment right now you would breathe your healing power. Where there's anxieties, doubts, and worries, you would speak to them in faith and in power. We receive that. We receive the ability to enter into the holy of holies, and we do that confidently. For generations, there was a timidness that we could not get close. But because of you, we can. Search us. Have all of us. And for some of us, it is going to be challenging to slow down, to be connected to people, but it's worth it because if we want to go fast, we go alone, but we want to go far, and so we're going together. There's some issues at uh, some people's homes, 
And I want you to just know that God sees you, he hears you, and he's for you, and he wants you to look up and look at him. Because it'll give you perspective. Because he's representing you all the time. There's some questions in this place that it's okay to keep asking and it's going to take time to even get the answers. Be patient with yourself. You don't have to be perfect to be used. And I want to say something to everybody here is... uh, I want to thank you for letting me be a part of uh, the team as well because I think we're just getting started and God's going to continue to do powerful things because he loves people that much. Move in freedom, move in power, move in love. And it's not the things we bring, but it's the qualities we have because we are from another world. Will you join us this whole month as we consider saying yes? And I know it's going to be difficult to come back every week. Fine, whatever. But will you make a priority that God's stirring in your heart today? That you're not average? That you do have a role? It's vital? You do. And that as simple as loving somebody at the coffee, it can make a difference. I love you guys. We'll see you next week, 10 a.m. and 11.30. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.